0: You are listening to Perplexity. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perplexity, a mystery podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kadra, and today I'm bringing you a very fun and spooky paranormal story. If you're new here, welcome. I tell tales every single week that have perplexed me. So if you love a good mystery that leaves you wanting more, you're in the right place and be sure to follow along. Very quickly before we get started, I would like to shout out Claire, one of my new patrons. Uh, I'm calling my Patreon the Perplexed Society. So if you would like to become a patron, if you want to join the Perplexed Society, it's just $3 a month and you get tons of bonus content on there. So shout out to Claire and thank you so much for becoming a patron and supporting the show. Trigger warning for today's episode. This episode will contain disturbing content that may not be suitable for some listeners. This is an adult podcast, not for children, so listener discretion is advised. And all of the sources that were used for today's episode will be down in the show notes. So on the corner of Ninth and Ash in Tempe, Arizona there is this cute little restaurant called Casey Moore's Oyster House. It proudly proclaims on its website that it's an Irish pub and it's known for its Guinness. I've heard they have a really good frosé as well and they have really good fresh oysters, a variety of seafood, and it's a really popular place for locals to hang out, including college students because it's right next to Arizona State University. They also have a huge selection of beer, whiskeys, spirits, and there's a really cute patio. They have like these round tables where everyone can socialize and talk to each other easily. There's cute lighting and it's even dog friendly and has a vegan menu. What more could you want, right? But like many businesses, the buildings and the land often tell a different story. What if I told you that there were stories here of tragedy, debauchery, barbaric acts. What if I told you that people have been raped, murdered here? What if I told you that there were innumerable paranormal encounters here, including residual hauntings, poltergeist activity, intellectual and interactive hauntings, shadow figures, and even full-body apparitions? Well, this is all allegedly part of what you can find at Casey Moore's Oyster House. So I'll tell you what I found out and let you decide for yourself if you want to visit this place or not. So Casey Moore's boasts on their website that they're a local Irish haunt of Tempe, and according to several sources I found, the town of Tempe is actually one of the least haunted cities in the US. Realhaunts.com even claimed that they scoured thousands of newspapers and accounts, finding very little to suggest Tempe's paranormal activity could even compare to other Arizona towns. Uh, Jerome, Arizona, for example, is like one of the most famous haunted cities here. It's super spooky. It's a former mining town with a well-known violent history. And this particular area is believed to be filled with spirits today. But real haunts did find one place in Tempe loaded with paranormal activity, Casey Moore's. And Casey Moore's used to be the family home of the Moore family, and it would later become a boarding house in Bordello before it was finally converted into a restaurant called Ninth and Ash, and then finally in the 80s, rebranded to be Casey Moore's. Some even claim that this place makes the list of most haunted bars and restaurants in America. A writer from Phoenix New Times named Kelly Wilson, along with a few others, decided they were going to conduct their own investigation on Casey Moore's. It was 2008, and Halloween was approaching. So, with permission of the co-owner, Gavin Rutledge, the small amateur crew would set up camp in the restaurant's two upstairs rooms, from midnight to 4 a.m. The crew even squeezed into the tiny crawl spaces, located in both upstairs rooms. They attempted to communicate with the rumored spirits there, encouraging them to touch them, move objects, and reveal themselves. During the night, a fork unexpectedly would fall off the table and land on the other side of the room, close to where they were sitting. The crew immediately snapped photos of the fork, and after this brief investigation, they would look at the photographs. And this is where they saw a few orbs floating around the area. They would also later listen back to their tape recorders which revealed several EVPs. Disembodied whispers and loud breathing was heard over their own voices. So this confirmed that, you know, it wasn't anybody else on the team. Casey Moore, the restaurant's namesake, allegedly was a woman born in the year of 1886 to Irish immigrants. She was popular and a very talented entertainer. She enjoyed playing the piano, And today, her spirit is said to linger in the restaurant's bar. Guests have reported seeing an apparition of a woman in Victorian attire, twirling around and around, dancing, and sometimes even interacting with objects and visitors. Tugging on neckties, sending glasses and silverware flying across the room. Perhaps this is none other than Casey Moore, who sent the fork flying across the room upstairs during the paranormal investigation. So as I mentioned at the beginning, long before this restaurant was here, there was the home of the Moore family. William and Mary Moore built their home here in 1910, which would be two years before Arizona became a state. William was a prominent figure in the area. He helped significantly in the development of Tempe, and the state of Arizona as a whole. He helped with building Tempe's early education system, and it would be William who laid out the plans for the Tempe school system. He was the first head of the first school board and also led other key positions in Maricopa County, including being on the county board of supervisors. In 1921, he was elected as the county's first land commissioner. So... Very prominent figure. He was a big deal. The Moore family is still pretty well known in Arizona today. And Mary was no different. She had a high social status as well. She was also known to be very elegant, very well-dressed, and a great ballroom dancer. So similar to William and Mary, William's brother, a man named Benjamin B. Moore, also known as BB was also a pretty prominent guy. He had a lot going for himself. He was a physician and he came from Tennessee. He moved in with William and Mary after he finished medical school in Little Rock. He began his own medical practice and he quickly gained a reputation as their local doctor. He often made house calls, no matter how far he had to travel. Like William, Beebe also had his hand in local businesses and politics. He was involved in the power companies, the local ranches, real estate, and other important businesses. He even helped William later with the Tempe School Board and their Board of Education. So, all of this to say, it's pretty clear that the Moore family was doing incredibly well for themselves, but in 1929, everything would change. So in 1929, William would tragically die in his home. He was found later to have suffered a cerebral hemorrhage, which is a form of a stroke, and it happened near the fireplace downstairs in their house. Bebe would also later die in the home in 1937. Just a few years later in 1940, Mary would also die in the home she would be found in the upstairs bedroom, and it appeared that she died of natural causes. But still, for all of this to happen, all three of them to die inside the home, and all to be unexpected deaths, it is a little eerie. And of course, this would be a huge deal. This was the Moore family. They were like one of the number one families, if not the number one family in Arizona. They kind of built this town from the ground up. So it seemed like the Moore family legacy was no more. But today, the Moores still seem to be making a name for themselves. People have claimed to see a faint glow coming from the south-facing window on the second floor of Casey Moore's. And this always happens at night it's pointing towards ninth street sometimes a woman is seen dancing alone in this window it's around 4 a.m she's sometimes accompanied by a man though both spirits are well dressed and many people believe that this could be william and mary dancing the night away To the music playing in the restaurant other people say that mary and william are dancing in celebration because their home was restored into a lively restaurant allowing their infamous legacy in tempe to live on in some way but concerned and frightened locals have called police on at least four separate occasions Perhaps they were worried that someone broke into the restaurant. The sightings came from three separate local families, and police have investigated and gone out every time, but they've found no sign of anyone having broken in, and the alarm system is always untouched. Police seem to always show up to nothing more than an empty, dark building with locked doors and... No signs of spirits. There was a ghost hunter who even went with a small crew up to this top room, and she danced, hoping to stir up energy and welcome Mary and William, and they caught an orb on camera similar to the other investigation team. She also heard several EVPs, and after she felt like she was being followed, and she said this out loud, they picked up someone whispering, Hey... Later, when it was time to leave, she said out loud that she didn't want to leave, and they picked up another EVP that appeared to say, please don't leave. Tables, chairs, and table settings are often set up every evening, you know, for dining. And often what happens is the next morning, the tables, the chairs, the utensils, what have you— They're all messed up and found in different places than where they were left. Perhaps this is Mary or Casey Moore setting up the restaurant in the way that they like. Paintings have also been known to fall off the walls. Cabinets have been slammed shut. Ceiling lamps have been found swaying back and forth, and this is often cited by customers for no obvious reason. Chairs and bottles have been knocked over. And there was even an account of a photo frame coming off the wall and being launched across the restaurant. The nail was still in the wall, so it was as if someone lifted the picture up and just threw it across the room. But perhaps one of the most frightening popular sightings is one that occurs during business hours. And it's the sighting of a young female spirit with long, dark hair and light eyes. She's often said to have pale skin and be very beautiful. And she's often sighted out of the corner of customers' eyes, like in their peripheral. She'll be hovering on the stairs or in the kitchen area, just watching and seemingly waiting for you to lock eyes with her. And the second that you turn your head and look, she vanishes in an instant. Locals have theorized that this woman was murdered in the building, when it was a bordello. So who is this mystery woman? After the deaths of the Moore family, the house became a boarding house and bordello in the 60s. Before that, It was vacant. Teens and young adults would pass through, and there are a lot of rumored accounts of big parties, drinking, and drug overdoses happening here. There have even been stories of rape, murder, and suicides. One of the most well-known stories is of a young woman rumored to have been named Sarah. Sarah allegedly was a student at Arizona State. She lived in the boarding house and was raped, strangled, and murdered in the year of 1966 by a male friend in her own bed after rejecting his sexual advances. The bed was located in the blue room upstairs. Her body was found the next morning, and the assailant was never caught. Perhaps this is the woman, with light eyes and dark hair, that many customers of Casey Moore's have seen today customers who have seen her claim that she seems to be most active when couples are in the restaurant it's almost as if she's expressing her displeasure after the trauma and horror that she experienced herself so after the deaths of the moors and the death and darkness of the boarding house and bordello It's like the land needed rebirth and cleansing. So the building was bought in 1973 and refurbished into a restaurant called Ninth and Ash. The restaurant struggled, scraping by with mild success. But by the time it was April, 1987, things would turn around. A woman named Patty St. Vincent would purchase the restaurant and part owners Gavin Rutledge and David Arcules. Patty recalled the seller telling her, quote, Congratulations, you just bought yourself a haunted house, end quote. And the place rebranded into what it is today, the successful, vibrant restaurant of Casey Moore's. So when Patty bought the restaurant, initially she didn't think much of the previous owner's claims that it was haunted, and everything seemed normal. But one night after closing up, Patty would have a pretty spooky encounter she was doing her evening chores as usual cleaning and putting things away but when patty returned to the restaurant early the next morning she was shocked by what she saw all of the chairs were lined up and plates were stacked on top of the chairs this is not how she had left things Another time, she opened up the restaurant to find knives stuck in the ceiling. Forks and knives had been found stuck to the cloth ceiling in the blue room, where Sarah was allegedly murdered at least half a dozen times. According to David Arcules, this would happen. So they just kept finding these things. And I feel like at this point, I would worry that someone was like in the crawl space or sneaking up there and doing these things someone's breaking in but they could never find any proof of this and the restaurant is always locked up tight the alarm is never triggered so what's going on there was a similar account that i found on hauntedplaces.org about an unnamed waitstaff that had set the tables upstairs went downstairs to go get something so they were just gone for a few minutes and then when they came back they found all of the napkins were unfolded and hanging off of the ceiling pipes because there's like exposed piping and a customer on this website chimed in they were named nicole and Nicole said, quote, I go here all the time. It is definitely haunted. The upstairs room, that was supposedly the little girl's bedroom, is now a dining room. I like to eat up there, along with good food. They have ghosts as well. On the several occasions that I have been there, I have had my pant leg tugged on and have been tapped on the shoulder. Enter if you dare and get a fright of your own. End quote. Patty has also heard footsteps and the disembodied voice of a female. Another evening, co-owner Gavin Rutledge would begin to have experiences of his own. So one evening, Gavin claims he was tapped on the shoulder and even heard a disembodied voice, clearly calling his name from the upstairs room and Gavin's experience with being tapped on the shoulder sounds similar to an experience that I found from a Reddit user that said that they had eaten here before this Reddit user claimed that they were going to the bathroom behind the bar downstairs when they suddenly felt a tap on their shoulder and someone even whispered hey in his right ear the customer turned to find no one was there When he left the bathroom, he was of course shaken up, and he told the bartender what had just happened, and the bartender did nothing more than laugh and said things like that happen all the time. Gavin has also seen apparitions at this restaurant of a young woman with dark hair and light skin, sometimes walking, sometimes floating, sometimes a full-body solid apparition, and sometimes translucent. Now I do want to point something out because I thought this was relevant. Uh, One source I found said that the restaurant has a wine cellar and at least back in the 90s there were times where employees would find people sleeping in here. So you know who's to say they weren't causing some of this quote-unquote paranormal activity casey moore's has become a pretty popular place to hang out at of course because the food is good but also because of the history and the alleged paranormal encounters so they do a lot of cool stuff for halloween they also get trick-or-treaters and gavin one of the co-owners has joked if you come here to trick-or-treat you're just gonna get a beer (laughs) gavin seems like a really cool and fun dude by the way I found a video of him doing a handstand and push-ups on the bar inside, and in this same video, which was done by KASRV on Halloween in uh, 1994—I'll put it in my sources—they talked to a bartender named Maureen, and Maureen has also claimed to see a ghost there and she said this was the ghost of the dark-haired woman that many other people have seen so she recalled in this video that one day while she was working the first thing she noticed is she's behind the bar and you know there's drink tickets for everything that they're ordering and one of the drink tickets just started like floating in the air and the tickets are like up against this mirror so she was kind of like what the heck like Is my brain just playing tricks on me is this something with the mirror that it just looks like it's floating so she kind of like waved her hand over there and like put the ticket back and just you know kind of kind of like when we experience things we can't explain she just kind of explained it away and forgot about it but then a little while later The spirit of a tall, slender young woman with dark hair appeared behind the bar, and Maureen saw her. Maureen said that she didn't fear the spirit, she appeared friendly, and Maureen also said, quote, I just feel that this is their home, and they'll be here a lot longer than we will, end quote. And I don't know if it's still here, but it seems like there was a dumbwaiter here at one point, and allegedly some of the wait staff have seen the dumbwaiter operating by itself. So lots of interesting things happening. Last but certainly not least, I did find some videos of a paranormal investigation team here from Halloween. It's the Haunted Stories YouTube channel, if you want to check it out, with Scott Letea, and they had quite a lot happen. They had two of their infrared cameras go down, like the batteries just drained, and they suddenly went dead. They heard footsteps in the upstairs area. Their rim pod went off, and they felt several cold spots. And what's really crazy, too, is that all of the things I just listed happened all at the same time and just the span of a few minutes so that must have been really intense for the team they also got some disembodied whispers and voices that they were able to pick up and listen back to later with their equipment they have a lot of individual evp clips too that they've uploaded it sounds to me like multiple spirits And that's interesting because one of the interviews that I watched with Patty and the other co-owners is they believe that there's like four different spirits there. One EVP I heard, I didn't quite understand at first. The EVP is croaky. It sounds like it's coming from maybe like a middle-aged man. And it appears to say it hurts more it's the sand, Mama. And I listened to it several times, and I, this is after I'd already learned the history of the house and everything, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, who would this spirit be? But then I thought about the Dust Bowl. And the Dust Bowl was an infamous and deadly natural disaster caused by severe drought that affected much of the United States during the 1930s. This was also, of course, during the Great Depression. There were poor farming practices, primarily attributed to the large number of small family farms, compounded by the severity of the damage. While the Dust Bowl was mainly in the Midwest, the socioeconomic repercussions transformed the nation, especially in Arizona. So the Moore family, at least some of them, would have still been living here at this time, but I kind of wondered, what if someone died, like, on that land— During the Dust Bowl, this could have been the spirit of a man who suffered from dust pneumonia. Who knows? It hurts more. It's the sand, mama. Like, that makes sense to me. Also, at one point, this investigation team went into the crawl spaces and they saw something moving around and it, like, really scared them. They left immediately. They seemed pretty shaken up. And when they concluded their investigation, they said that Casey Moore's is more than likely haunted. I also text one of my friends, uh, Cassidy Liston, who I just did an episode with last week, because I remembered she said she has family in Arizona. So I just asked her if she had ever heard of this place. And she said that her dad lives in this area and that this bar was a big part of her younger years. And she also said, that it is for sure haunted and that the bartenders kind of know if you're closing up at night, whoever's coming in the morning to not blame the night staff if there's a bunch of stuff moved around. So if you're ever in Arizona, maybe take a little trip down to Tempe and visit 850 South Ash Avenue. Enjoy some oysters and raise a glass to the spirits that linger here. And that is the perplexing story of Casey Moore's Oyster House. So what do you guys think about these reports? Do you think this place could be haunted? I'm really curious if anyone else has ever been here before, and if you've had an experience. Part of me, is skeptical and feels like this could be a way to just drum up business. But what really gets me is the reports of the couple dancing in the window, coming from three separate families. And it always happened around the same time each night. The police responded. There was no sign of a break-in. The alarms untouched. And the stories were always identical to each other. And I also can't help but feel unsettled after listening to those EVPs. Also, I have heard some whispers that Arizona State is quite haunted. So... Arizona people, let me know if you know anything about Arizona State or if you want me to do an episode on that. Arizona State also, and this is a fact, has miles of tunnels underneath. So there's like some conspiracies about those tunnels and, you know, it's kind of eerie. So might be an interesting thing for us to look at. And like I said at the beginning, ASU is just like a quick walk to Casey Moore's. So just something I stumbled across. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to follow along. If you're watching on YouTube, I would love it so much if you hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, please leave five-star reviews. You can leave reviews on Apple and Spotify. You can, you know, subscribe, follow, depending on what podcast platform you're listening on. And on Spotify, you can even let me know what you think about this episode by leaving a comment. I would love to hear your feedback. Remember, if you want more content, if you want to support the show, you can always join the Perplexed Society, the Patreon, just three bucks a month. In the show notes, you can also find other ways to support me, like getting some merch, which I am wearing my um, lavender long sleeve right now of the new UFO design. I love how it turned out. The colors are really good. So you can get some merch. There's also my Buy Me a Coffee link down there. So all of that is appreciated. Thank you so much. You all are amazing. I hope you have a great week and stay safe. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Perplexity, a mystery podcast hosted, written, and produced by Kadra Brennan. If you enjoyed today's episode, tell the world about it by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leaving a five-star review. It helps the show more than you know. Contact, support, and merch links can be found in the episode description. And if you have a story to share or a topic request, send an email to perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. Cager would love to read your story on the podcast. Until next week, stay curious.